about the shoulder and the stomach last night. Okay. We're in the Rambam. We'd like to finish up Perak Memvav if we can today because oh, we've basically got through the main point and now it's just, he's going through different points and I'm not going to really focus on each and every Pasuk because it gets a little bit tedious over here. Uh, so we're talking about, again, the anthropomorphic terms for the different types of behavior uh, that are ascribed to Hashem. Avol kli hamakomis and any uh, utensils, meaning body parts that show motion, that are attributed to Hashem. Him going amru hadom raglai, the footstool of my foot. Vesmakom kapos raglai, in the place where the palm of God's of my feet are. So these are the tools for the movement. Avol kliha puula. We're talking about the the the, the body limbs of uh, action. Such as Yad Hashem, the hand of Hashem, the finger of Elohim, my the actions of your fingers, using the kaf, the palm, the outstretched arm of Hashem, Yemincha Hashem, your right hand. All right. What about the utensils of speech that are attributed to him? It's P Hashem Diber, the mouth of Hashem spoke. He opened up his lift. Call Hashem Bakoth, the sound of Hashem with power. And his tongue is like a fiery uh, fire. Okay, and then Avokliatrusha, what about the utensil of uh, of senses? His eyes see your eyelids. He is able to discern people. His eyes are wandering around. Incline your ear and listen. You have kindled a fire in my nostrils. So all of these are just examples of all these examples. And these four different methods are just showing that either Hashem perceives things or Hashem gets things done, etc., etc. So we'll think that Hashem is 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 not dead, so to speak. So these are all used, and we've already explained it ad nauseum. Yes, sir. When we talk about God talking, do we ever say that there's a physical sound, or is it like ESP? Okay, we did yesterday with the. Uh, yeah, you should listen to last night's yeah. class. We discussed that with the. Uh, the Kuzari, where it said the Jews heard a sound, but does not mean that Hashem spoke. He created wavelengths, air, uh, wavelengths that is able to make sound, sound, sound waves. They were like sounds. Or we're saying Hashem communicates in a way through the mind. Right. Okay. Now, what terms do we not use? We don't use any terms metaphorically to say that God has inner body parts, um, um, which would we'll see in a minute. Kiim halev, only the heart is the only one that we use. That's an inner organ. Again, that's a homonym because it can talk about Hashem's intellect and His will. That's what we say the heart means. Vugam Shem It's also a name for the intellect. 
and it brings forth the life of uh, a living being. And of course, although Hashem doesn't need to have a heart, but it shows that he, he's not dead. Now, although there are other words that are used for the inner body parts, but he's going to say, even though it sounds like Hashem is called by other body parts, but that's not so. Ki Umro, even though when he says, Homu may I lo, my bowels were yearning for him, Hamon may again, but your bowels are yearning, Hakavona Gamba Hamalev, it also refers to the heart because the word Hamiya, yearning, can be the heart. Ki may I, when you have the words may I, which can mean bowels, but it can mean just internal organs. Okay, Shem Hanemer Ba'ofen Prati. It's a specific term for bowels, and it can be a generic terms for inner organs. Shem Befrat, but it could be in detail of an actual bowel. Okay. Uh, also, Mei is also understood in biblical Hebrew as an emotional state. Okay. But in general, it's referring to any internal organ. It's also referred to the heart. And the proof is, And your Torah is in my bowels. Your Torah is in my bowels? That's not good. Which is in my heart. Okay. Therefore it says my Bowels were troubled? No. Loshen Hamiya, being troubled, lo never elabalev. It's only said by the heart, Mikol Shavim for all the inner organs. Homalelibi, my heart is troubled. Okay, so you see that the only internal organ is the heart, and the heart means understanding, emotional state, things like that. But for Hashem, it is clearly that he understands what's going on and his will. No, that's an eye. This is a may I, not from the eye. May I, may I. No, no, I know. I'm just saying, no, before this, though, it said eyes and eyelids. So I'm just wondering, is eyes just the same way of perceiving? It's also perception, yes, perception. Now, what other terms are not used at all? If you don't ever say Hashem has a shoulder. Because it's a tool of burden. Okay? Right? As is well known, because normally you carry with things on your shoulders. It also touches something that it's carrying. So we wouldn't use that. I mean, that's funny, but I guess it's more of a negative term than anything else. Certainly we'll use no... Uh, 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 new, uh, utensils of the body that are for nutrition. Because right away he knows the deficiency. If you got to eat, you're hungry, you don't eat, you're dead. So that's already very a negative term, wouldn't be used. And all the way we look at all these body parts are all the same. The outer ones, the inner ones. They're different tools for the soul. Some of them are, are parts of the body that is needed for a specific time 
the inner parts, so to say, let's say digestion, you only need them for part of your time. And as as you have to have, or you can't have posterity for that species, like the body parts of reproduction. Or there's also parts that are used to fix up certain situations. It's kegain hayudaim, like the hands, reglaim, the feet, tenaim, the eyes. Kulam l'shleimus hatznuma v'amaisa saga. They're all for perfection, either of movement, action, or comprehension. Hechbrech hatenua l'chayhi l'sogas hanos. Why would any living being have to move? It's for some kind of pleasure. You want to move to get something. Or or to be far away from something that could harm that. And they why need certain senses to understand if something is suitable for you or not. And a person needs these tools. Why? In order to prepare his food and his clothing and where he lives because other things he needs to have. He has to prepare what he needs. Some of these activities, even animals have them. And therefore, the point is, since we perceive the world with our tools of the body, so we can only understand Hashem via the way we understand the world with our tools. And therefore, even though there are some words that have homiletic understanding and they don't have to mean the body part or what a body part does some there is no way out but that and we're just using it so people have a way of understanding that Hashem is able to do certain things uh, in his unique way that we can only stand through a human way and that's basically and it really belabors this but we went through as fast as we can now he's going to try to conclude this idea and I, I say that a person who doubts this, that Hashem uh, would need some of these, would never, he says, I would doubt that a person would ever think, have a doubt that Hashem needs something. And, and that he has to have something to fix him up. That means he would be deficient. Yeah, because Imkain ain't no Because first of all, he doesn't have any body parts. Klomer he's not a body. ma'atzma, the actions come from himself. Lovekelim, not through body parts. And and power from regular person has to be with with some kinds of tools. Nimsa comes out she'enu bal koch. Hashem is not quote unquote strong. He has nothing outside of his essence. There's nothing that he has to do and know and want. These are just descriptions but of, of, of different names, but that's not the main point of our parak. Fine. So now, finally, the last part is, okay, so we talked about the Navim. What about the Chazal and Shas? Rabbis of Gemara, what do they do? Do they use anthropomorphic terms? 
So I understand the Navi uses anthropomorphic terms because he has to talk to the Jews, and the Jews, you know, they're not so spiritual, and they have to hear things from an anthropomorphic way. What about the rabbis in the Talmud? So he's going to say, basically, and there's no Shiloh, the rabbis in the Talmud never thought that Hashem was physical as well. And although they'll use things that the Nevi'im use, so they'll just continue to use them in that way. And he's going to show you for sure that the rabbis never, ever felt that Hashem has any physicality. Ukvar Amruzal, a rabbi, so bless me, they said, a marmer klali, a sweeping statement. That removes any way of a person thinking that these are physical descriptions, which the prophets mentioned, that they're really physical. We'll give a moment, we'll see that statement that will prove to you. Rabbis never thought for a minute that Hashem was physical, and more than that. And, and that nobody would, should ever have such a mistake to think that. In other words, now that they know he wasn't physical, they never dawned on them that any other people would think that he's physical. Therefore, you find throughout the Talmud a very Midrashim. They will employ many of the phrases that the prophets used. Mahmas, why? They knew she said, There's not going to be any doubt. Why would anybody think God's physical? We don't have to worry about any possible mistakes. It is all just a metaphor to penetrate our minds. That just to know that there's a being that exists. Okay? And when the the analogy is, is is acceptable to use the way the prophets use it, so they're going to do the same thing and use same mishalom like that, such as Yisalo Lamelech. We compare Hashem to a king, who commands and warns and punishes and rewards the people of his country. He has assistants and servants who do his bidding. And they do for him what he wants done. So therefore, if that's the way the prophets would refer to Hashem as the king, so So the rabbis continue to use those analogies. So they would make speak about that which we've already learned from these parables, from the speech and all the other things that was going on there. And any other activities the king does. They were rested assured. So be no mistake and no doubts that even the biggest fool would never make a mistake. So they never worried about it. And now comes the sweeping statement that makes it very clear. And what is that sweeping statement where they brought out the statement in Breshis Rabbah? And for that statement, let's give you out this sheet. And we'll, it's kind of interesting. We have to think about this statement that the rabbis say 
Embraces Rabba. So take a look at source number one. Embraces Rabba. It says, Amar of Yudan. Godel koichen shalnavim. Great is the power of the prophets. Shemidam in That they compare that which is created to its creator. Okay, the Nevi'im, they compare that which is created to its creator. Shinemar, it says in Daniel, Ve'eshma kol adam, and I heard the voice of a person, Bein Ulai, between the river Ulai. Okay, and that was, that's the voice of Hashem. Navi said, I heard the voice of a person. So you see, wow, look at the power of the prophets that compares created things to its creator. And Amr of Yehuda bar Simon, I even have a better Pasuk. Islan, Kreen, Achran, the Machaver, Yasser, Midain. I have a much clearer Pasuk than this one. And this is the one the Ramam is going to bring in Yechesko. Val Demus HaKise, Demus. And on the shape of that Kise was a form. And what was on there? Kamara Adam, like like a picture of a person above that. Okay. So what does the Gemara say? Wow, look at the great power of the rabbis. That they, not the rabbis, the prophets, who would compare the created things to its creator. So that's what's going on over that the prophets are seeing things. And what are they using? Created things, like their creator. Okay, we got to see what this means over here. But clearly they're saying that they use these, they use these images. Clearly... They're using these images. Now look in the Rambam now. And that's what he brings, the, only the second half. Embrace Rabbi Godel Koshal Vim Shem Adamis at Surly Yerushem Valtamusa Kise to Mus Kimare Odom. On top of the Kise is a picture of an Odom. Hine Beiru Beferish, they specifically said, Kikol Osat Surish Shemasim Kol Navim Bamarnav, all these shapes that the prophets could uh, comprehend in their Navuah. They are created images. And Hashem Barm and Hashem created them. You got it? So that's what we're saying. Look, that they used images that they compared that which is created to its creator. They, they were using images. Not Hashem. They weren't saying it's Hashem. It's the image that they're using to portray Hashem. That's correct. He called Surah Midumahu Berua because any imaginated image has to come something that's from created that they were able to see. That's all they could do. Okay? And it's interesting, they use the expression Godel Koicham. Great is their power. This was a very difficult thing. Okay? And they give an example of this. Whenever we talk about something that's hard, we use such an expression of Godel Koichem. Let's say, In other words, when you do something that looks very odd, <laughs> whoa, that's an odd thing to do. So we say Godel Koichem. And where is that? By the mitzvah of Chalitza. And this is the Gemara in source number two. The Talmud Bavli says that Rabhiya, there's certain halachas about chalitza. And chalitza has to be done 
with a certain specific type of shoe. It has to be done in public and has to be done in the daytime. That's halachas chalitza. So look what happens in source two. Rabbi Achia ketusfa'a, right? Avad uvda, he did a chalitza, bemuk, with a type of a shoe that's not the leather shoe. and he did it alone, ubalayla at night. Not like the common understood opinion. And Omar Shmuel, kama rav guvraya da avad kiyachura. What kind of a big man is he does? He goes like the singular opinion. That's what the Rambam says. Rav Ploni Ovad Uvda Bamuk Biachidi Valaila. I'm Rav Ploni. Kama Rav Guvraya Da Ovid Biachida. How great is this person? Same Lasha we used before. Right? That he holds like the singular opinion. And that's exactly what it says. Godal Koichin Shal Navid. Verov Guvra means Godal Koicho. Great is the strength. How difficult what forced the Nevi'im to do this. That they are conjuring up images of things that got created to use in the images that they saw. So what, so now it's clear what the Gemara is saying is the Nevi'im, like, you know, wow, you got to have a lot of stoles to do what you did there. To go and, and, but it's not to not say, didn't say that they described Hashem, that Hashem was an image. They used images that were created by Hashem to be used for Hashem, but not as Hashem. Now, the problem is with this Ramam a little bit, but what does that expression mean when it says that Kama Rav Guvraya? So you'd think this is a positive term. But Rashi in source three says, Belashin It's like a negative statement. Okay? So it seems from Rashi a little bit negative. Same with the Me'iri. And the riff in source five says, in other words, to say, the lace hilchasekavase, the is really not like it. So you got to say the Ravim holds, in other words, what boldness is going on? And as it means, for you to hold like a singular opinion, you got to be a really bold guy. Really, we don't usually go to say okay, you must really have had a good reason for this so that has to be the same thing over here how how difficult it was for these rabbis okay um, God will claim the greatest their power that they had to do things that seemed very odd but yet they did it in other words on the one hand it would seem to everybody else it's wrong how can you pass them like a yochid well but he felt that really that was the halacha so that's what he did. So the same thing with the with the Naveen. Really, of course, isn't it odd to describe Hashem with body parts? But they understood that if they don't use anything else, no one's going to know what they're talking about. And that's their power. You're going to go out on a limb. That's how Rambam learns it. So he said, how great are the rabbis? They went out on a limb to use terms that would seem to make God look like he's physical. But they knew that's the only way most people understand. And the Gora says that they used images from the Creator Himself to describe what's going on. But clearly, it's not images of Hashem. They didn't say they used images of Hashem. They said they compared that which Hashem created to its Creator, using the images for the place of the Creator. 
that they can't get any clearer than that. So whenever they're going to use and talk about God's image, you know that's not what he means. And that's how he ends off. Venus uh, and understand this well. We see the rabbis that were totally clean from not believing in physicality. And any type of shape and fear that was seen in prophecy, there are created things. We only compare that which was created to its creator as they said specifically. Anybody wants to think badly about the prophets and badly about the rabbis, huh, that's only me talk Rishas, it's from his wickedness. And you want to lower people who are not in the stance of these people. You're not hurting the rabbis, you're not hurting the prophets. You want to think foolishly, go ahead. But that's not their problem. They clearly said what they intended, and so ends this chapter, and we'll move on to a few other types of things that Rambam is not described as. Yes, sir. Did we say the outset that there were contemporaries of the Rambam who were who believed that God was physical? It seems that some uh, suggested that, 